Well, praise the Lord, saints of God. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I greet you once again in that glorious, matchless, and majestic name of the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is above all other names, and we give him praise today. Thanks again for joining me for Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled The Real Jesus. Today's subtitle is Jesus versus Religion. Oh, don't let the title throw you. I'm telling you, there is a difference between Jesus and religion. So we're going to talk about that today, and I pray that you are richly blessed as you hear the message. Don't forget, if you would like to download this message, all you have to do is just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There, just look for the series titled The Real Jesus. And today's subtitle is Jesus versus Religion. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message, and I pray it will bless you richly. The Lord. I know I have a lot of keys on my key ring. Some of you have seen that, but none of those is the key to heaven. Not one, I assure you, is the key to heaven. If it was, Taylor, I would have left y'all a long time ago. <laughs> Sorry, I love you. I praise the Lord. So we serve God. We are servants of the Most High God. When, when Reverend Zoe sings, she's serving the Lord. Hallelujah. When you're on the camera stand or you're in the computers or, or greeting or in the parking lot or working on the food line, you are serving God. Don't ever devalue your service into thinking that you're serving man. Man can give you a couple of dollars, but that won't help your eternal destiny. Remember the Lord Jesus said, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? So let's keep things in proper priority and in proper focus. I'm a servant of the Lord. I serve the Lord. Are you hearing? Now, that's a double-edged sword. One, when you serve the Lord, you're going to receive his benefits. But two, when you say you serve the Lord, when you slack, you slack on him. When you fail to show up, you're not showing up on him. When you do a poor job, you're doing a poor job for him. I can't get no talk. Understand that. When you're serving man, you do a poor job, well, uh, he'll understand. He'll understand. But take that same thing and bring it before the one true God. That was the problem there in the book of, of Malachi, wasn't it? Well, the Lord said the, the people were bringing the Lord uh, sacrifices that were lame and that were blind and, you know, that were diseased. God said, why are you bringing that to me? Take it to your governor. See, will he, see, will he accept that from you? Why are you bringing that to me? Why are you bringing me that poor, broke down, messed up, jacked up stuff? Why are you bringing it to me? He said, am I not a father? Am I not God? Why are you bringing that to me? You want me to bless you, but you bring me this jacked up stuff. There's a problem with that, isn't it? So, again, double-edged sword. When you serve the Lord, you get eternal blessings and blessings here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if you slack up on the Lord, you don't call, you don't show, you come in late, give a half effort, 
You're also doing that for God. We need to repent right now, don't we? Need to repent. We need to always give God our absolute best. We need to always bring him our A game. Always stand in excellence. And when we cannot, um, when we can't do that, let's ask the Lord to help us, to strengthen us. He knows your heart and he knows that sometimes your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. And so ask him to strengthen your flesh so that you may do an excellent job for him. I want to give God everything. I want to give him everything. Are you hearing me? All right. Well, let's go back into the subject today. I'm not sure who that was for, but I pray you got it. Let's go back in the subject, subject today again of the real Jesus. We are subtitling this Jesus versus religion. Let me tell you a few things here before we go into Matthew, the seventh chapter. Jesus came to restore mankind to a proper loving relationship and fellowship with God as father. This relationship stems uh, from the heart and then works outwardly to our actions. Here's the order of things as it relates to relationship. Heart first, and then our actions will follow. As God captures your heart, or as you give God your heart, your actions will follow. In other words, right believing will produce right actions. Say with me, right believing will produce right actions. Listen, Jesus is the... Jesus is the father's demonstration of love. He is God's proof to you that he loves you. The manifestation of Jesus Christ as savior, as lamb of God, is God's proof that he loves you. He died upon that cross so that God could show you he loves you. He demonstrated his love for you. In that Christ, when he, while you were still sinners, Christ died for you. God demonstrated, he shows you proof of his love. And relationship, or Jesus, uh, says this, that God reaches down to man. That's relationship, God reached down to man. But religion is man's attempts to reach up to God in his own way, through his own actions, while using his own standards of while using his own standards of morality and behavior. Let me say this, say that again. Religion is man's attempt to reach up to God in his own way, through his own actions, while using his own standards of morality and behavior. Religion says, hear this, religion says, I must clean myself before God can receive me. And this is the reason why many people don't come to church, because they say, well, I can't come because I'm not right. We gave you that example before. That is the same thinking. That is the same line of thinking that says I can't go to the doctor because I'm sick. What kind of sense does that make? I'm bleeding and my leg is falling off, but I, so I can't go to the emergency room. There is pus running out of my eyes and in, and in the other areas. And, and I feel like the walking zombie dead, but I can't go because I'm sick. I can't go to the emergency room. That's the same thinking. That's the same corrupt and backwards thinking, wicked thinking that is in the world system that says I would go to church, but I got beer. I can't go to church because, you know, I, I did this last night. I, I can't go before Jesus, the doctor, because I'm sin sick. 
That is corruption. And understand something, that is the basis of most religion in this world today. Here again, religion says, I must clean myself before God can receive me. But Jesus says, I'll receive you just as you are, but I love you too much to leave you that way. Let me say that again. Jesus says, I'll receive you just as you are, but I love you too much to leave you that way. There's a difference. There's a difference. Religion is works based. Works based. You have to do, 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 constantly do in order to appease a holy God. But relationship says Jesus has already done it and you enter in by faith. The work is complete. Now, from that from that standpoint of completeness and God and God has accepted you from that point, you move forward through gratitude. You begin to worship God and do things for him because you're grateful for what he has done. You do things out of love and, and adoration. It's completely different. Are you hearing me? You're not working in order to receive righteousness. That's religion. When you work in order to receive righteousness, God said, I've already given you righteousness. I've made you righteous through Jesus Christ. So serve me. Does that make sense? All right. Listen, the order of religion. Now, we, I've given you the order of, of uh, relationship again. Relationship says it starts from the heart and then it spreads through the actions. But the order of religion is works first. Works first, but involvement of heart is optional. Works first. This is the order of religion. Works first, but involvement of your heart is optional. In other words, we can say it this way, too. If you do all the right things, then God will accept you. That's religion. If you do all the right things, then God will accept you. Religion is man's efforts uh, that seeks to counterfeit or replace God or the worship of God with outward expressions, deeds, or ceremonies. In fact, you don't even have to acknowledge God in any way whatsoever in order to be religious. Do you understand that? People can go to church, people go to church, as a matter of fact, every week and still don't know Jesus. Matthew 7, Matthew 7, let's look at verse 21. Let me show this to you. This is what Jesus is saying here. Matthew 7, verse 21. We'll read down to verse 23. And it says this. Not everyone, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. Then and then I will profess unto them. I what never knew you depart from me. Ye that work iniquity or you that do wicked works or do wickedly or evilly or work in an evil manner. There will be a day that many will say, Lord, we fed hungry for you. Lord, we preach, we prophesied in your name. Lord, we've done a whole lot of good works for you. We've clothed the naked. We've done a whole lot of things for you, Lord. And then he will say to them, I don't know you. 
because they never did it for him. They never got him involved. You understand. Here's another good point. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Here's another point. I think we said this before as well. You can give to someone without loving them. But it's not possible to love someone without giving to them. Again, you can give to the man on the street without loving him at all, without knowing him or even caring about him whatsoever. You can give without love, but it's impossible to love without giving. If you love me, I'm going to receive something on my birthday. (laughs) A card, a pat on the back, or chocolate chip cookies. I'm going to receive something. I'm making light of it, but you understand what I'm saying. If you love someone, you're going to give to them. It's going to flow out of you. It becomes an obligation. They've done so much to you. You've got to do something for them. Amen? All right. So this is the basis, what we're talking about. So these people say, Lord, we've done this for you. We've done that for you. We've done all this stuff. Lord said, I don't know you. You never came into a relationship with me. It's possible to do things for Christ and not know Christ. And that is what we want to avoid. And many in today's modern day church or modern day society call themselves Christian and not know Jesus. And this is why we're in this series discovering the real Jesus. Amen. 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 It's kind of like you you uh, go to the Coca-Cola plant every day and you move pallets around every day. And you do things every day. Payday comes. You go up to the um, to the supervisor or the foreman and say, I want my check. They look on the records and you don't even work there. <laughs> you did all this work, all this work. Come home every night late, filled looking with grease stains on your clothes, all that stuff. And you don't even work there. Not even in right relationship with the company, but you did the works. And this is what these people are saying. Lord, we did all this for you. What? You're not even employed here. You're not even in relationship with the company. We want to avoid that. Are you hearing? So listen, religion places work above relationship. Religion places, again, works above relationship. And this is the reason why many of us, not all of us, but this is the reason why many of us cannot receive or have not received our healing, have not received deliverance, have not received breakthroughs because we feel that we're not worthy. We feel like we haven't done good enough. We haven't done enough good or that we've done too much bad. Understand, they say, I can't receive this or I haven't received this from God based on works. I haven't done enough good to be worthy of this, or I have not, uh, uh, or I've done too much bad to be worthy of this. Anytime the devil can pull you into works, you're out of relationship and you're right smack dab in religion. And if the enemy can ever force you to look upon the things that you've, the things that you've done or the things you haven't done and focus there, you'll never receive what Christ has for you. Are you hearing? So, Jesus versus religion. Now let's go to, <clears throat> if you will, uh, 2 Timothy, the second chapter. 2 Timothy, the second chapter. 2 Timothy, the second chapter. I want to show you a few things here. The Lord knows who is his. 
The Lord knows who is his. You know, there's a book in uh, the book of Revelations that talks about the, it's called the Lamb's Book of Life. The Lamb's Book of Life. If your name is not on any other book down here, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. If your name's not written, if your name cannot be found written in the Lamb's Book of Life, then your work down here is in vain. Your name must be found written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Those names that are found written in the Lamb's Book of Life will have entrance into the kingdom of heaven, will have entrance into eternal things. And even right now, have access into wonders that man does not even know about. The Lamb's book of life. I love that word. Can it be found? Your name that should rejoice that your names are found in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, we'll talk more about that Lamb's book. I love that book. We'll talk more about that some other time. But understand something. Let's go to um, uh, 2 Timothy, the second chapter. 2 Timothy, the second chapter. Let's look at verse number 19. And this is what it says. Nevertheless, the foundation, reading out the King James Version once again. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. What? The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from what? Iniquity. That is, depart from wickedness, depart from evil. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from evil. Now, here again in today's modern day society, people can say, I know Jesus and Jesus understand that I got this on the side. He understand I got these needs I got to take care of. So he understands that, you know, me and Jesus got our own thing going. And really, uh, Jesus knows I got sin in my life and it's OK with him. Well, the word of God declares and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity, depart from wickedness, depart from evil. Now, we know that we'll need help departing. Praise God. We know that's a work of the spirit. If we, through the spirit, do mortify the deeds of the flesh, we're going to live. Hallelujah. So it's our position to look toward the Lord and asking him for his help to overcome these things that are burdens, these things that are holding us down, these things that are holding us back. Are you understanding? It's our responsibility to look toward him and cry out to him as our savior. Amen. Salvation uh, happens. It, it happened. Yes. When you were on your knees asking God in your life or at the altar or at home, wherever you were, when you invited Jesus Christ in your heart and life. Yes, you were saved, but you're also still being saved. Amen. You're still being saved. This is why there's a need for repentance. This is why there's a need for confession. We're still being saved. Hallelujah. Turn to your name and tell him, I'm still being saved. But I am saved. Both are true. Are you hearing? Both are true. I love that poem that says he's still working on me. He's still working on me. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars a mighty creation. I must be because he's still working on me. Just a week to make everything and me over 40 something years still working on me. 
a mighty creation you must be because he's still working on you. Hallelujah. There's something great and something marvelous about you. Something marvelous that God is taking his time putting things in proper order. Don't you know that you are so important to him that he has numbered every hair on your head? He's numbered every hair on your head. He thinks about you constantly. You're on his mind. You're on his mind and he's concerned about you. And he has things lined up for you in your life. Things, so many blessings that you've never even dreamed about them, never even thought about them. But he will reveal them to you by his spirit. You are important to the father. And let me go here too. You don't need the affirmation of man. Don't seek the affirmation or the approval of man. For what will it matter if you get the affirmation or approval of man and get the disapproval of God? Seek for the approval of the father that comes through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Accept the father's approval. Don't go out and seek others to approve of you. Now, when they do, hallelujah. But when they don't, hallelujah. As long as you're in right focus with God, everything is all right. Don't seek for the approval of man or the, or we can say the validation of man. Don't seek for the validation of man. Hallelujah. If you if you are validated and if your assignment is in the will of God and God says, hey, two, two thumbs up and everybody on the planet says, hey, no, one billion thumbs down. You say, forget all of y'all. I'm going with the father. Amen. You and the father are the majority. Amen. Are you hearing? Amen. Let me bring this to you as well. Understand something that no one else on this planet is better than you. No one else on this planet is better than you. They may be better at something than you, but they're not better than you. Let me say that again. No one on this planet is better than you. They may be better at something. Maybe they can run a little faster. Maybe they can uh, talk a little longer or, or maybe they have longer hair. Maybe they have prettier nails. Maybe they have the nicest shoes. I don't know. They may have certain things better, but they are not better than you. So don't allow people and their external faculties or the things that they have or things they possess. Don't allow these things to intimidate you because they are not better than you. Matter of fact, the Lord talks about one of the things that he hates is a proud eye. Somebody just looks down on you with disdain. He hates that. He hates it. Absolutely hates it. We're all on the same footing with Christ. God has given some gifts to others and he's given some gifts to you. Nobody can beat you at being you. And you bring something valuable to the kingdom of God. You bring something valuable to the kingdom of God. You say, all I have is this one piece. That's all I have is this one piece. Seems like everybody else have 10 pieces or 20 pieces. Some even have 50 pieces. All I have is this one piece. Piece of what? This uh, 2,000 piece puzzle. All I have is this one piece. Well, they can all bring their pieces, but without you, it, it's incomplete. It's incomplete. Say with me, I've got a piece. And mine is important. Come on now, you need to talk to me in here. Let the Lord build you up. 
Let him build you up. Amen. Amen. You're important. Turn to your name and tell him you're important. important. Telling you, my God, you don't know how important you really are. You don't know how important you really are. Now let's go to the book of Matthew, Matthew 6. Let's go back to Matthew. Matthew 6. So we saw here in 2 Timothy um, 19 where the Lord says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. He says, I know who's are mine. I know who's mine. I know who's mine. And let them that name the name of Christ depart, leave from, go away from iniquity. That is evil deeds or wickedness. We're going to make our departure. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, God's going to have to deliver you from it, but at least stand at the bus stop. At least stand at the bus stop. He's going to, he's going to, we're going to depart. His, our departure time is at four o'clock. Hallelujah. At least get that to the bus stop. Praise Jesus. Away with those others that say, well, I know Christ, but they're still at home in the bed, not trying to depart. At least you got your clothes on, you got your bags, and you're standing right there at the bus stop waiting on God to deliver you. You say, I still got this going on, but I'm waiting. Any moment, the bus is coming. My departure is coming. Hallelujah. He's going to deliver me from this. Hallelujah. And I'm waiting, Lord, for you to deliver me. Hallelujah. And in a moment, in twinkling of an eye, he sure will. Hallelujah. He'll take that guilt and shame and all that away from you. Praise God. But at least be in the position to receive his grace. Are you hearing? Oh, all right. Let's look now. Uh, here again in Matthew, the sixth chapter. Remember, Jesus came to restore our relationship and fellowship to God as Father. He's the only one who came to reveal God, the sovereign God, the creator of everything. This always blows my mind. Deborah, this blows my mind. It just blows my mind. The one who made everything. The one who made the cosmos. Now, listen, the universe is so big that you can get in a spaceship and travel at the light of speed, uh, the speed of light for over a billion years in any direction and still not reach the end of it. And it is still expanding. God is so big that at the one end of the universe, you'll see his head at the other end of it. You'll see his feet. He fills all things in all. He is just that big, just that tremendous. And everything is held together by his word. And it is that God who reveals himself to us, to man as father. Father, it is him that chooses to call you his offspring. You are made in his likeness. You are made in his image. You are the image of the one that made everything, that has all power, that is sovereign in his rule. That ought to mean something to you, I'm telling you. Are you hearing me today? So Jesus says in, in Matthew 6, 9, as we're beginning to close shortly, Matthew 6, 9 says this. After this matter, therefore, pray ye. You know this in model prayer, don't you? He says, what? Our Father, which art in heaven, What? Hallowed be thy name. Quickly turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5. Let me show you another truth here. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, 2 Corinthians 5. 
Now understand something. Jesus comes to reveal God as Father. You, as a born-again believer, have a right to call God Father. You are his child. You are a child. You look like him. Not speaking of externally, but internally. Your real you, the real you, your spirit man, that looks like God. And the more you identify with your heritage, who you really are, the more you look like him. The more you take on his characteristics, his personality, his power, his favor, the more you take on him. The more you identify with him, the more you look like him, the more you act like him, the more you behave like him. You've seen some people, uh, you say, uh, I know that's your child because it looks just like you. Act just like you too. You cannot deny that child. Look just like you, act just like you. Can't deny it. Well, the same thing is true of you and your heavenly father. The more you identify with him, the more you welcome his presence in your life, the more you see yourself as his child and you get into his word and you receive what he says about you. The more you pray, the more you uh, intercede, the more you ask the spirit of God to reveal to you who Jesus is. The more you ask him to transform you and shape you. Hallelujah. The more you do that, the more you take on uh, the appearance of God. Is that too deep? Remember the definition, the true definition of Christian is one that is Christ-like. Christ-like. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than these shall you do because he said, because I go unto the Father. We should, the body of Christ should look like the head. The head should match the body. You know, if we could do, if I would do some things with the, with the computer, if I would take everybody's picture and, and put everybody up against the wall there and just take headshots, just take a picture of your head and then move the camera down a little bit and take a picture of the body. Head and then the body. And then we switch the heads and bodies together on the camera. You should be able to tell whose head belongs to whose body. <laughs> it should be quite evident whose head belongs with whose body. Hallelujah. So when Jesus comes again for his church, listen, the church, his body will look like the head. Christ's body is not weak and sickly. And I refuse to believe that Jesus Christ is coming back just to save his church from that old mean old devil. I better get my children now because that old devil putting a whooping on my children. Oh, I better get them out of here. What kind of mess is that? He's coming back for his body that is victorious, his body that is powerful, his body that is full of might, his body that has taken authority. He's coming back for his body, his body. His body is buff. His body is buff, eight pack of abs or whatever. His body is buff and it's powerful. His body does not have disease. So because you are the body of Christ, you need to take authority in your own body because that body belongs to the Lord. And you say to that sickness, get out, get out in Jesus name, because that does not belong in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Now, let's go ahead and begin to wind down here. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter. 
2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, we're going to look at verse number 19, verses 19 through 21. <clears throat> and this time we'll look at the New Living Translation. I want you to hear how it reads. Are you ready, Ray? I want you to hear how it reads. Who else can I pick on? You ready, Patricia? I want you to hear how this reads. 2 Corinthians, uh, the fifth chapter, verse 19 through 21. Let me go ahead and read this for you out of the New Living Translation. And this is what it says, verse 19. For God was in Christ, hmm, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Verse 21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Jesus versus religion, or we can say relationship versus religion. Now, remember, God was in Christ reconciling, putting things back in proper order. He came down. The father came down in a form of a body. He made himself a body. His body is called Jesus. His son, the only begotten of God, came down seeking a relationship with you. This is how much he loves you. This is how important you are. God came down seeking a relationship with you. Now, here's the frightening thing. God already knew that you were toe up before he came to you. If you excuse the expression, he already knew that you had sin before he came to you. He already knew it before he he chose you first. You didn't choose him. He chose you. And because he chose you, he called you and you came. Big difference. So he already knew where you were. He already knew what you were doing. He already knew your weaknesses. He already knew about all of it, but he still chose you. He knew what you would do from birth to your death. He knew about all of it, and he still chose you, and he still called you, and he's still summoning you. Come close to me. But we say, Lord, I can't, I can't, I can't. Don't you know you may not let me hide this. Let me cover myself with fig leaves so you won't see what I'm doing. God said, I was there when you picked up the fig leaves. I was there when you ate the apple or whatever the fruit. I was there, and I still chose you. Still chose you. He still wants you. Please tell your neighbor, God wants you. And he loves you. Relationship says that the Lord comes down to you. And he seeks a relationship with you. And then in turn, we say, yes, Lord. And from that, yes, he begins to work out salvation through us. We begin to do great things for him from that, yes, moving forward. Remember, you are still being saved. Are you hearing? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at uh, just one more before we close out today. Let's go to Galatians, the uh, third chapter. And we're going to now switch over and talk about the religion aspect of it. We'll just do a little bit here because there's a lot in this section. I don't want to go too far into it and cut off today. But we'll do just a little bit. Understand, again, religion is man's effort 
that seeks to counterfeit or replace God or the worship of God with outward expressions, deeds, or ceremonies. I want you to understand something. Uh, I want you to understand something that um, in many places uh, they will counterfeit the presence of God with music or special effects or programs. God is not in the building. Jesus is not there. But they try to counterfeit it and try to lull the people into excitement. And the excitement of things is seeking to replace the presence of God, the genuine presence of God. The excitement of things, lulling the crowd into excitement. Uh, get up and let's dance, make the music and, and the lights flashing. And this, and I have nothing against good music. I love good music, praise God. I love good music and I love lights and I love cameras and I love media. I mean, there's some good stuff. But when that stuff begins to replace his presence, there's a problem. When we have in the pulpits life lessons and you can go through an entire message, an entire sermon, an entire service and not hear the name of Jesus once. Not even once. That's happening today, folks. Yes. You can go through entire services of those that say we know Jesus, but we just don't mention his name. Entire worship services, plenty of good music, tunes, and all everything. The choir singing and the dance teams going and not mention the name of Jesus once. You hear the word he, or you may hear the word God, but you will not hear Jesus. These are counterfeits that you need to be aware of. If an organization claims to be in fellowship with God, but does not name the name of Jesus, and there's a problem with that because his name is the only name that saves. Are you hearing? All right. Let's look at this one last version here. One last verse. Galatians chapter three. I'm going to one verse. And, and here I want you to see, and we may start off here next time, the Lord willing. Here I want you to see um, that when it speaks about flesh, it's talking about the outward expressions of religious works. Outward expressions of religious works. Verse 3 says, Galatians 3, verse 3, out of the King James Version, it says, Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? In other words, they began their walk with Christ spiritually, believing in God for their salvation, that he would change them. So at the altar, they say, yes, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. But then they left the altar saying, now it's all up to me to live right. At the altar, they said, Jesus, it's all up to you. I'm a wretched sinner and it's all up to you to save me. But they said, amen. And now they're leaving saying, now I got to live right. Now I got to walk right. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do. 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 
at the altar, they said, Lord, yes, Jesus, I believe in what you've done. I believe in what you've done. You died on the cross for me. You shed your innocent blood for me. I believe in what you've done, that you saved me. You took my sins away. I believe in your finished work, Lord. I believe in what you've done. Amen. And now I got to do, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. And so Paul says, you foolish Galatians, you began in the spirit. Are you going to perfect the work by now walking in the flesh? You started in the spirit with the spirit. Are you now going to leave relationship with God now to go into religion? He said, you're foolish. Don't you understand what's going on here? Are you going to be made perfect by doing things? Or are you made perfect by the spirit of God working through you? You started in faith. Continue in faith. Are you hearing? Let's look a little bit further. And then we'll really stop here. Really stop here. Galatians 3 again. Let me read to you verses 8 through 14. And then we'll stop here today. Are you all still with me today? Verse 8 says, And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen. Some people are heathens. The scripture says that God would justify the heathen. Say, God would justify the heathens. Me heathen. God would justify the heathen. How? Through works. Through religious acts? How would God justify or make the heathens right in his sight? Through faith. faith. Are you hearing? Say through faith. faith. Come on, talk to me. Say through faith. That God would justify the heathen through faith. Preached uh, before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, I, that rather, in thee shall all nations be blessed. Verse 9. So then, they which... They which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Verse 10. For as many as are of works, that's religious works, of the law are under the curse. For it is written, curse is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. That is, no man is justified in God's sight By your good works. That is, nobody will be able to go to God on that day and say, God, you ought to let me in heaven because I've done this, I've done that. You ought to let me up here. Uh, If you're not, we're going to have to talk because I did a lot of good stuff for you. God said, no man shall be justified by the law in the sight of God. He said, it is evident for the just shall live by what? Faith and the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. You don't have to have faith in God, you don't have to know God to do something good. Do you understand? Verse 13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Say, I'm redeemed redeemed. from religious works. works. 
That is working to earn the favor of God. I'm redeemed from that. I've been bought back from that. I don't have to work to earn the favor of God. I have that through Jesus Christ. Do I work? Yes. But I work now out of gratitude, not of love. And his love in me compels me to give. His love in me compels me to love others. His love in me compels me to live a righteous life. I am compelled from the inside. I have to forgive you. (laughs) I have to love you. I'm compelled from the inside. Not I'm not doing things because I'm trying to get right with God. I am already right with God through Christ Jesus. Does that make sense to you? Let's finish reading here. Two verses. Verse 13 again. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written... Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Why did Jesus do that? That the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the spirit through him. The blessing of Abraham. What's that? What's the blessing of Abraham? I'm glad you asked. Remember, Abraham was reckoned right in God's sight. God said, Abraham, you're good with me. Why is that important? Because Abraham was called right with God before the law of Moses was given. Before God, before God revealed his set standards of living right. Before there was the Ten Commandments. Hundreds of years before the Ten Commandments. Hundreds of years when there was no, uh, quote unquote, religion. Abraham believed in God and God said, you are right with me. And this is a blessing of Abraham that has come upon us, the Gentiles, the heathens, that if we believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, believe in his death, burial and resurrection, that God would look to us and say, justified, holy, that God would say, you're my child, you're my son, you are redeemed, you are set free, not because of what you've done, but because of who he is and what he has done in your life. Does that make sense to you? Jesus versus religion. I pray you receive the word of God today. We'll stop there. Let's give God a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. We pray that you are richly encouraged by today's message and that you've received a great blessing. Don't forget to contact us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We'd love to see you in a live service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we start at 7 p.m. Come on out, everyone's invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would so love to connect with you. And don't forget to stop by our website and check us out. Once again, our web address is www.kingdomrock.org. Well, until next time, my friends, remember that Jesus loves you so very much. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. God bless you. And we'll see you next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio.